0: When I was studying at college for my A-level, so I would have been around 18 years old, I had a very solid friendship group who I'd been playing rugby and sports with for about five years. And we used to play together at college and also on weekends. We also used to party together quite a lot. Now, one of these guys that was part of our group, he had an older brother. And his older brother had a couple of friends that would occasionally come out and party with us. Now, these older brothers, I got on okay with one of them and the other one really disliked me and it created a bit of a rift in the group. I was just being me and this guy had a problem with me. And at the time, I didn't know why. I recall once trying to shake his hand and he just looked down at the floor, shook his head and walked away. I never really felt like there was ever going to be any violence between us until part of this story plays out. But what was interesting is looking back on that situation now. One thing I can say for sure is that most of us in life have our status quo. So we have a equilibrium in our life where we know if we do a certain thing, we get a certain result or we hope to. So if we put that to a night out with a friendship group, right, let's say that we're going on a night out and I know I'm the good looking guy. Right. So if we get talking to a group of girls, chances are with this group of friends that I'm the one that's going to get the attention. Right. So we try and keep that status quo. Then all of a sudden, someone else comes into the group that's good looking. and We don't like it because it takes something away. And then what we try and do is force the situation back to what it was before. And it's the wrong thing to do. Now, I am not for once saying that I am a good looking guy in comparison to this other guy, because I don't think that was the case. I do feel, however, that because I was so self-confident, I was a threat to him and he didn't like it. And the reason why violence didn't ensue is because I never actually did anything that he could then mitigate afterwards by telling people. So he could never say, oh, he did this, so I had to do that. That never happened. Once I turned up at college and one of the members of the group took me to one side and said that, you know, these two guys aren't very happy with me. I was thinking, is this like, is this a scene from The Godfather? What do you mean? Like, they're not happy with me. They're not happy with the way that you conduct yourself. And I was thinking, are these two like the lawmakers? Are they governing society? The thing was, I used to stay at this guy's house when we partied, the guy who was telling me. So I I didn't want to be like... In fact, you know what? There's a lesson there, isn't there? I didn't say what I wanted to say because I used to stay at this guy's house and I didn't want that taken away from me. Whereas now, I wouldn't, well, first of all, I wouldn't be staying at his house. But second of all, I would just say what I thought. So I was like, what do you mean? Well, you know, they just think you're a bit brash and you're a bit loud and you need to tone it down if you want to continue hanging out with our group. I was thinking, I need to tone it. I mean, this sounds like a sermon, doesn't it? It, it, It's like... You need to do this if, I mean, essentially it's a threat, isn't it? You need to do this or this will be taken away. So he goes to me, so you need to make amends with, you know, one, one, whichever one had the problem, the uh, Enrico Iglesias guy. And this is when I went to shake his hand and he just had absolutely no interest. So I want you to put this on your wall, right? Put it with the big asterisk on there. Never apologize for something you didn't do. Number one. Number two, don't try and shake hands with an idiot that doesn't deserve it. Number three, don't put yourself in a situation where you're not able to share your thoughts. And what I mean by number three is because I was staying at someone else's house, I felt obliged to live by his rules and to conduct myself in a way, which is fair enough if you're staying at someone's house. I completely understand that. But Looking back on that now, I should have just removed myself from that situation and said my piece, which is what is this guy talking about? <laughs> He's got something wrong with him. It turns out that I found out quite a few years later actually that there was a there was a girl involved who i you know I knew her from college and apparently he saw me talking to her and and he liked her, and that's where this all stemmed from. I had no interest in this girl whatsoever. So I never really knew at the time what this guy's motive was for essentially having a problem with me. I, I think it's interesting, though, when you go back and you dissect periods of your life, because I feel like they shape you. They shape you in a myriad of different ways that you're not aware of until you take the time to actually think about these things. I had completely forgotten about that story until I decided to go back. And to think about times and periods in my life for learning lessons. And also just to potentially remove any emotional insecurities from different phases of my life. And it's interesting that that came up because it actually at the time made me very anxious. There's also like drinking involves you going on nights out partying. There's also like, you know, the threat of being kicked out of your group or your tribe, which is quite a big threat. And you really feel that, especially when you're a young guy and you feel like it's the only people around. So how would I handle that situation now that's different? Well, I think in any sort of situation where there's a lot of people, a lot of moving parts, these things get complicated. So in my experience now, I would just leave the group because it's the easiest option. and. I'm not attached to hanging out with them. I was hanging out with them because we played sports together. Was I, you know, was I best buddies with any of them? Not really. It was just a period in my life where that's where I was. So nowadays I would think, well, what benefit am I getting from this? Well, not, to be honest with you, not really much. It's just habitual. So I'm like, well, I would just remove myself from that situation. The reason being is that because these guys were older than me, And because of their age, being older, all of my friends respected them for their age, right? So they all looked up to them, which meant that it doesn't matter what I said or what I did, this guy had power over me. And I think, again, this is just part of growing up and understanding power dynamics. But I felt at that time that there's nothing I could have done. Whereas obviously with age looking back, you always have loads of options. And I think that's also something that needs to be written down. We always have more options than we're aware of. I'm going to say that again. We always have more options than what we're aware of. We tend to get anxious and stressed, worried and sick when we feel like our options are limited and they're not. There's always different ways of handling it. If I was in a situation where I had to say something then what I would do in this situation was I would have organized to meet him. I'd have said, yeah, cool, let's just meet up. And then I I would have just confronted him um, straight up. I'd have just said, you know, I understand that you've got a problem with me. What is it? And even if that's a bit confrontational, it is what it is. I mean, he's essentially made a threat or made my life difficult at this stage. I'm not scared of this individual. So I'd have no problem in saying, okay, well, what's, the, what's the problem here? And I can guarantee you he would never have met me in person. And that's, that's the insidious nature of people that are trying to bring you down. People that view you as competition. They're insidious. They don't want you to do well. They're not really your friends. They're hanging out with you and your group because it affords them the luxury of potentially meeting other girls. Bear in mind, these guys are five years older, so they are probably enjoying the luxury of meeting the girls at college that we were studying with and then didn't like the fact that I was a potential threat to him. So really in this situation, there's nothing that you can do other than to leave the group or to kick him out of your group. But Obviously, in that situation, I didn't have the the power to be able to do that. So why is this relevant now in your life? Why is this so important? I think there's three reasons why this is important to your everyday life. The first one is to be aware of who's in your social circle. Are these people that are bringing everyone up or are these people that are complaining and bringing everyone down? And if your whole social circle is negative and judgmental, you have the choice to leave. I've done this before. I left my whole friendship group, six or seven people. One day I left and I never looked back. At that time, I didn't really create a new friendship group. I just started reading self-help and self-development books and autobiographies. I replaced all that negativity with hope, excitement and joy from reading people that were exciting to me. I think the second lesson is that social dynamics can be complicated and learning how And why you need to be able to defend yourself both verbally and physically is important. This means being able to handle conflicts with words, but it also means being able to handle yourself in a time of conflict from a martial arts and self defense perspective. At this time in my life, I didn't know martial arts, but I was a very fit and very athletic individual who was playing high level rugby at the time. So from a physical point of view, I wasn't really scared of anyone. So I wasn't going to back down from a conflict in that situation. And the third lesson is that we tend to judge other people by our own morals. And we can't understand why they act the way that we act. Why the way? Sorry, we can't understand why they are acting the way they are acting. Because we're looking at it through our moral compass. And a lot of people don't have very strong models, uh, morals. A lot of people just don't care. So we're looking at it like, I don't understand why he's acting like this. Well, if you take morals out of it, you can see why he's acting it because he doesn't care about anyone else around him. He's insecure and all he is is goal-driven and he wants to you know, get with that girl and you're in the way. Now, when you take morals out of it, you can see reality closer to what it is. Now, I'm a strong believer in having strong morals because I feel like they're a compass and they direct us when we're weak and they show us a better path. But when you're looking at social interactions, a lot of people don't. So if you're trying to work out decipher what's going on in a certain period, especially in a social dynamic, take your morals out of it, and then you'll be able to see closer to reality. One final point from this podcast episode is that when you do have some free time, rather than just putting on another TV show, rather than just wasting time, why don't you take a moment to reflect on periods in your life, perhaps at university, perhaps at college, perhaps your first job, and just process it. Think about that time in your life with your eyes closed. Bring up the old memories, see how you feel about them. I guarantee there is some trapped emotional trauma in every phase of your life. And the simple act of just going back and revisiting it will allow you to calm down. And what you'll notice is that your nervous system feels calmer. You feel calmer when you go back and you let go of the attachments to all of these things from your past. It is true. There's nothing you can do about them. But when you cast an eye over them many years later, you, you've you developed a new sense of confidence that allows you to automatically reframe what happened in a positive light just because you're more self-confident and more aware. I hope you're enjoying this new story based form of podcasting. I certainly prefer it. I think sharing stories and giving learning lessons along the way is pretty effective. In fact, it's my favourite way of podcasting. So I'm getting back into it. If you guys like this episode, then please reach out at Gary Gunshell on Instagram. Just send me a message, say, enjoyed this podcast episode. Aside from that, if you want help in your dating life and with your self-confidence, you'll find a link to schedule a consultation call with me. On that consultation call, we can delve into your history understand what you're looking to achieve in your dating life, and I can put together a plan with myself and my team to help you get dating success. My final event of the year is December the 15th to 17th in London. It's a three-day course in central London. It's going to be incredible. If you're interested in that, also schedule a consultation call with me.